All right, we are live. Episode number 14, second of 2017. So I'm a little slow at the gate this year. And there's that time when I was doing like four a week. It felt like that was kind of exciting, but got to pick it back up, but that's okay. Um, for today's episode, uh, so, so far, most everyone, with the exception of one on the show, has been like a good friend, somebody that I know that I've connected with for a long time. This will be the second one. I think episode five was the first time with the stranger. Um, but this time I've got, um, my new friend, Caitlin Cassidy here. You can say hello. Hello. How's everyone doing? I think they're doing well. I hope so. <laughs> they should be excited. Um, so Caitlin, it's, uh, is in the middle of what sounds like a three week adventure across mm-hmm. America. Started in LA, went how far? I went to Charleston, South Carolina. Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah. And then since, and you just came in, you literally drove in to yesterday yep. from New Orleans, is that right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was New Orleans? It was too fun. Yeah. My friends had to pull me away. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a dangerous town. Yes. In, uh, in a good way. In a it drops you. Totally. Yeah. Um, but you're here in Austin now, and um, it sounds like you probably have a friend here, but uh, also we share a mutual friend, which is how this kind of all began. Um, and uh, it's my good buddy, Eddie. Um, Eddie is special to this podcast because I think he was one of the first people that uh, I talked to about wanting to do this and kind of uh, why I wanted to do it and things. And uh, Eddie's a big music guy and somebody that we talk a lot about music and things like that. Um, And when I'd given the idea but then punted it around for a few months, I was slacking off and he was like, no, dude, you really need to do this. and, you know, that was him and a few others where it's just enough to kick me over the edge to finally start taping this back in October. So really thankful for that. And um, ever since, obviously, the question has been, when is Eddie himself going to come on? Uh, I think he's afraid of his own voice and uh, afraid that I'll... I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's taking him so long. But I think um, before he could commit, he was like, I have somebody else that I think would be a really good guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and her name's Caitlin. She's going to be coming through Austin here soon, so you should have her on. So he put us in touch um, since he's confirmed that he's ready to come on. So <laughs> that episode is coming. Uh, he's about to have uh, his second kid. Um, and when that happens and after the craziness stabilizes from that, then he's going to come on board. And didn't but, you say it was because he actually couldn't decide on a song? Yeah, yeah. he struggled. Yeah. Yeah. He would text me and he's like, literally, I've been thinking about this every single day. <laughs> I'm like, eh, I mean, that's quite an honor, but you shouldn't uh, think too hard about this. It is difficult. <laughs> Give um, him that. But he says he's picked his three songs and he's ready to go. He's just going to wait until after nice. uh, the, the newborn. So totally understand. Yeah. And excited for it. But um, it's awesome to have you on board. You uh, will be the third Los Angeles guest. Awesome. So that's kind of cool. I like but, it. Um, go LA. But yeah, it's, uh, we <laughs> talked earlier about how I love LA, which is great. Um <laughs> And other than that, we've exchanged a few text messages and things. And obviously, I know you're, we'll get along well based on mm-hmm. Eddie's recommendations. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, it's going to be cool, but, uh, but fun. And you sent me your songs last night. And I think the first song that you sent over, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, this will be easy. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we share a common love for the first artist that you picked, uh, which is really cool. Have you ever been on a podcast before? 
I haven't. No, it's the first no, time. First time. When we were sound checking and going back to hear the voice, you get the like the reaction of like, oh, that's what I actually sound. Like. <laughs> uh, well, it's cool. uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely heard my voice before, and I always, uh, <laughs> I never seem to like it. But it's just, it doesn't. It's like that's me. That doesn't sound like me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, no, never a podcast. So yeah. well, first cool. time for everything. Well, it's gonna be good. Um, yeah. And I'm excited for it. We are going to go ahead and just kick it off right away into the first awesome. song, because I know we're going to have to talk for a long time after we finish playing this. Okay. Um, but it's one that I think, you know, most people will know and recognize and appreciate. So we're going to kick it off with the opening track from Let's Dance. It's called Modern Love by David Bowie. <laughs>
Modern Love. I love that song. There's, uh, you're in Austin, so of course I'm obliged to inform you that the legendary, most important, um, well, some people say this, I, I, I don't know, I can maybe argue with it, but uh, musician Steve Vaughn actually plays the lead guitar on that song oh. and throughout the entire album. So that's kind of this, like introduction beyond the Texas blues music. And uh, now Rogers is also yeah. the guitar player, that. of course. Cool. Uh, I actually saw Prince perform that song. Well, I saw now Rogers perform that song. And then Prince walked out on stage and played the Stevie Ray Vaughan solo and then walked off stage. Wow, awesome. that's amazing. So Very um, cool. But Modern Love is like a such a cool song it's a fun i think it's probably i mean it's definitely more popular i think than let's dance the yeah track. yeah i more agree people know it. i agree um but yeah bowie okay this is i have a feeling this could get heavy <laughs> <laughs> this we've could ta- get heavy we've, we've already talked about I'm how already, we like, both love starting uh, to cry because um, <laughs> i love him so much but um so uh, when i actually met eddie and he and I started talking music and talking songs. Um, he, I, I started talking about how much Bowie's death had affected me more than I even expected. Um, I mean, I was really crying about it, definitely for you know the first week every day, but on and off. And I still do. We'll have random days where I'll just cry listening to his music because it's like I can't believe that he's gone. And I. And I didn't expect, I mean, I loved Prince, I loved George Michael, I loved a lot of, uh, of the legends that have died, that died in 2016, but there was something about Bowie that really affected me, and that's because, I mean, he had more influence in my life than I even realized. Um, I do makeup, I, I've, you know, been doing it for 11 years now, and it was something that I sort of know where the you know where I was influenced and inspired and what artists inspired me but I think he was actually a big part of that and um and because you know I started watching Labyrinth when I was a kid that was one of my favorite movies it came out in I think 88 or um, something around there and I was seven um but more more importantly um you know, I always, I, 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 my, the first song I ever list, that loved and listened to as a kid at three years old was Karma Chameleon by Boy George, also in drag queen, androgynous, yeah. which is interesting because then I grew to love doing makeup. Um, so I've always respected the fact that Bowie has constantly transformed himself and created a new identity and he's always reinventing it. He always reinvented himself. So I have had so much respect for that. And just as a human, as a man, as an artist, he just was a a good guy. And even if you didn't know him personally, you could see that. But I actually have a couple personal connections to him, which is what I came to realize was, you know, kind of the reason that he, his death affected me so much. And also why I chose the song, um, because my dad was a singer in the 70s. Um, he was also, he, he was a pop singer, and um, he took after Bowie. He was, he, he was his most favorite artist. He, he also followed his, like, androgyny, dressed like him, wore makeup, the whole thing, well, eyeliner, but mainly did the long hair, the boots, the whole thing, the platform boots, the leather pants. And... 
my dad played him a lot and Modern Love, uh, well, Let's Dance was the album that he played a lot in 1986 and that was when I was five years old. And so I wasn't sure when I was, you know, talking about picking a song or thinking about picking a song and it was way more difficult than I expected. And Eddie asked me like, what would, you know, when he asked me what song I would, or what three songs, the first song that came to mind was Under Pressure. And that's because when I hear that song, I actually get really emotional, but it's more because of the two of them together. Um, Freddie Mercury and him and just yeah. their voices and the powerful, the way that the song sort of escalates. And that song, something about it, it's even, you know, it's so popular and, and everybody's heard it, Wayne's World, whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I, but then I started to think about that more and I'm like, well, I love like my favorite songs and then songs that bring up some sort of memory or emotion are two different things because yeah. I, I don't really have anything other than I love the way that song sounds and I love the, the way that they sound in it. It's kind of more of just like aesthetically like, or the way that it sounds is, have is you ever pleasing. heard the isolated vocals of under pressure? No. You shouldn't look that up. It's yeah. like mind blowing. Is you don't even realize some of the parts that they're hitting, well, and when you can, I believe it because like, that's what I was telling you earlier. Is I feel like Freddie Mercury. There's a lot of great voices, but his range is is yeah, incredible if you really listen to it. So anyhow, I I actually when I was thinking about my first song, I I actually called my parents because I I I like I've listened to so much music over my life and been through so many different phases and stages and it's like how do you even where do you even start and I felt like I couldn't even I'd have to go through like my cd books to like even get ideas of where to go and where to start and so I called my dad and my mom and I asked them both what you know what did you guys play me as a kid what was just so I could go put it on and see what came up for me Yeah, and I knew Karma Chameleon was my favorite song. I used to dance around to that naked at three years old, which I don't know what that says about me now, but I was listening to a drag queen. But it was. But again, I could listen to it now. It didn't really bring up too much emotion. But when my dad told me, he he when I spoke to him, he said, I was playing Culture Club, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, Eurythmics, Fine Young Cannibals, um, uh, you drive me crazy mm, and yeah, a lot of Beatles both my parents were playing the Beatles all the time and I went through all of those artists and they definitely brought up some memories but I knew that I had to go with Bowie because Bowie like affects me in a way that I as soon as I put on Modern Love I like I was brought back to that time as a kid I like the 80s like that to me is says a lot about I mean my dad he took after him so much and also what I listen to now hollow notes are huge for me mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of 80s music is a big part of my life now and it's I have so much I guess respect or like pro- I'm so proud of the fact that I grew up during that time because when I listen to this album and this song in particular it really did bring me back to that time in my life when I was growing up and mm-hmm. I, the emotional side of it is that my dad took after Bowie. And the story I have and the personal connection is that um, not only did he, he take after him, but he, uh, when he was 15 years old, he was in a boarding school and he took off one night, went to some bar on the East Coast, I think it was Philadelphia, and sure enough, Bowie was hanging out there. And this was in 70... Let's see, my dad was born in 58, so it would have been like 
73. Um, and he, my dad was this awkward teenager, long hair, braces, acne. Um, and somehow, you know, he saw Bowie standing there in this bar and they started talking. My dad had just started kind of getting into music and he basically was telling Bowie, you know, I love what you're doing and I have so much respect for you. And, and Bowie took the time not only to talk to this kid, this awkward kid, this awkward teenager, but he also told him, and this is something that's going to make me cry, but I'm not going to, um, he said to him, to my dad, trust what makes you different. And it's something that my dad took with him through his life until now, because when Bowie passed away, my dad wrote an amazing eulogy to him. Eulogy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to like to him, uh, basically saying like, thank you, Mr. Bowie for, for saying that to me, because I literally have taken it through my career and I've, and my dad's reinvented himself twice now, maybe even three times. I mean, he was a pop singer, pop teen idol in the seventies. And then, you know, he started writing and producing in his late or his early thirties um, I mean, but he's directed, he's acted, and now he's really creating TV shows. But he's he's taken that with him, and he, you know, he said he's like, thank you because I always took risks, and I I'm so happy I did because those risks always turned out, you know, brought me to where I'm at. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things that I have so much respect for Bowie because he was always doing that, yeah. you know, and he was always taking risks, and I think that's what influenced me like I've I've always sort of been a black sheep like beating to the what's the expression you know beating to the sound of your own drum or, yeah, yeah. Um, and sort of just trying to tread my own path and I think that I you know somehow that was passed on to me so I definitely felt a personal connection to him and the other thing is he dated my aunt before, <laughs> which is so crazy. My, David Bowie dated Yeah, my he dated my aunt, um, which was, it's that's not why I chose this song, but it's just an interesting thing because... Further connection for you. Further yeah. connection, um, you know, and so he, and that he dated my aunt, not by, not my dad's sister, my dad's brother's wife now, who's been married, they've been married 20 plus years, but, but when she was one of his backup dancers, she was 20 years old, he, and he was like in his 40s. He proposed to her under the Eiffel Tower and she said no because she wanted to pursue her career and wasn't in that same place. And <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And who would have thought that she would be marrying my uncle yeah. years later? Um, so she has a connection to him. And, you know, they had asked her to do an interview after he died, you know, and she said no because she out of respect for him. And yeah. she said he was always so gracious and so smart and he would come into town even after when he was already with them on he would come to town and stay with them and yeah. my I asked my uncle like what was he like you know because I never met him unfortunately and he you know she, he said he was just he was really private really to himself but and this is him staying with them in their apartment or house but um but he, the one thing he said to me was you know he would he would look up a word in the dictionary every single day to learn a new word hmm. And I just thought that was really cool. And it, and I'm like, no wonder his death affected me so much, you know? Because yeah. yeah. he was just such a, f can I swear, a fucking yeah, awesome yeah. guy in every way. He was just, he was a solid human being and also a huge influence musically and always reinventing himself. And 
So I think for me, that's why I chose this song because I, I just like it reminded me of the 80s. It reminded me of growing up in that era. And also, I mean, although I was little, it really that sound is like my dad's sound. It, it really is. He took he took so much from Bowie. So I identify it for, with it because of that personally, right. serious personal connection, but also just with that time period. And I'm so happy that I, I was able to grow up as a kid in the 80s because it was such an awesome time. I mean, there was definitely some bad music, but for the most part, there was some really badass music that yeah. came out of there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's why. And, uh, you know, Modern Love, and he and he, he, he literally, I, I mean, I could say that he's been one of the big influencers in my life, and I'm probably have felt even more comfortable pursuing makeup because of him, you know? Yeah. It's like, so this specific record is this 14th studio album. And basically every record prior to that is phenomenal. Yeah. I think after Let's Dance is when he starts to dip in his catalog. Um, he still has great records after that. I mean, I, first off, Black Star is as good as any record he's ever done. I love that record so much from uh, last year. But uh, it's, there's just not artists, for me, like there's not artists that can change, like you said earlier, like they can reinvent themselves time and again. Uh, and he was such a master of like looking at his, what was going on around him and taking up influences, but then pushing it in a different direction that then by the time it influenced the scene, moving on to the different right. sound. Uh, I'm curious for you. So you're in a creative industry with makeup, obviously, right. and uh, makeup was a big piece of particularly his earlier career. Do you find yourself art like, how do you pull that into your work and like have you gone through your own phases of that uh definitely um well the other thing before I go into that I wanted to add the other thing I thought about was another interesting thing that um tied to Bowie was that my dad actually he was he was kind of during the Diamond Dogs tour that Bowie was doing my dad uh actually in his band performed this was the, the second connection I had or a third connection I had to Bowie was that my dad's band performed Rebel Rebel, um, and they and 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 Bowie caught wind of it, and I guess uh, Bowie's manager contacted my dad and said, "Hey, nice nice version of it. like <laughs> oh, you shit. did great." And the ironic thing is, I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't even know that this happened, and I got Rebel Rebel tattooed on my arm, which is so crazy because. And I got it just because I loved. I was looking for after Bowie passed away. I wanted to get something, a tribute to Bowie and Prince, and so I have this Rebel Rebel tattoo with doves crying purple rain, and I got Rebel Rebel because I was sort of like I've always felt like I've rebelled against. Uh, I guess just haven't conformed to the norm uh, through my whole life. I've always yeah. sort of tried to be different in some way. And um, so I loved the fact that, like, you know, and I loved the song Rebel Rebel, but I just loved that. And then I also just loved the font of it and the whole thing. And then I find out from my dad, he had performed this song. And, and, the, and then Bowie, like, Bowie's manager had saying, hey, yeah, I love that version. You, he said something about his falsetto or, or something yeah. in the song and I, I'm like that's that's pretty freaking awesome yeah. like so anyways I thought about that too but as far as 
makeup goes and kind of like reinventing myself, I, f I mean, first of all, Halloween's my favorite holiday. So I actually dressed up as Bowie from Labyrinth one nice. year. Nice, yeah. Um, and I, yes, exactly, Jareth. And, uh, and I've always kind of like, you know, as far as makeup and hair goes, I've always kind of gone all out with that. And then, you know, I mean, I've done all sorts of makeup, but as far as like myself and kind of the stages of my life, I feel like I've not necessarily makeup related, but, um, I've like my friends will, will laugh at me cause they, they'll say you've been through every single like phase or music or, you know, I literally like changed my style, my music taste, you know, the whole thing. I mean, I went through everything from, I, I started out as, uh, you know, in the junior high, kind of going through the alternative rock, yeah. you know, uh, Green Day and Sublime, Rancid, Offspring, yeah. Stage Pearl Jam, all that and then and like smashing pumpkins and then into once I got into ninth grade I went super hippie and also you know my style changed everything changed with that and that was Grateful Dead Fish Dave Matthews but really Grateful Dead and Fish Grateful Dead and Fish were my big <laughs> my big ones yeah um and so I went through that and then you know I got again got into like the intent like the heavy rap like Tupac, Biggie, and all the old school stuff, De La Soul, The Roots, Tribe Called Quest, uh, like Mos Def, uh, you know, oh my gosh, you name it, and uh, Talib Kweli, a lot of the New York rappers, uh, but all the old stuff, and then kind of went into, and then got into heavy rave scenes, so drum and bass, and electronic stuff, a lot of house music, back when I was 16 going to raves all the time. So I went through that stage wearing Jinkos, the whole thing. <laughs> You're coming back uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope not. Um, and then I kind of started dressing like a girl again and decided to <laughs> not wear pants that were the size of a parachute. But, um, and then I kind of, you know, I, I went through another phase of like going out in clubs in LA at 21 and sort of listening to, Rap and I mean it was all tied to different genres of music, which is yeah. why I think Eddie said I would be, you know, he he suggested me doing this because I think I've had I have a very well versed knowledge in music because yeah. of all the different stages I went through. Yeah. Um, and then you know as I kind of got older, I I sort of came back I guess to my roots and sort of now I listen to I got really into sort of the deep house sound and. Daft Punk, which I'm sure we'll get into later, it's really kind of introduced me to a whole new world of music, and then you know, an '80s and and all that dance music. So, I've kind of gone through every like stage, you know, and I and then even during the Grateful Dead Fish phase, it was like Jimmy Hendrix, a lot of classic rock, Jimmy Hendrix, right. Janis right. Joplin, The Doors. So I've kind of been across the board. And so in that sense, I guess I've re I mean, I have reinvented myself because I've con you know, I was young and I was trying to find myself. Yeah. So, um, I think that was the way I did it. And I, and you know, some people would say that somebody like that is lost, but it's like, I, I was, I mean, I was, a, I was a kid trying to find myself and I think it made me that much more interesting because of it, you know, yeah. cause I, I got to, experience and learn about so many different types of music 
Right. You know, and lifestyles too. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> as you know, we've explored on past episodes and, and in this one, it's the music that you listen to does have a significant impact on how you connect with people and with yourself and grow from that point. So I, I totally feel you on that. And every, all of my friends that are listening know how big of a Prince and Bowie fan I am. So to see your tattoo, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm springing tears to my eyes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's powerful to think that somebody could have that long of a career and have that much impact on so many people. And obviously his passing last year was uh, really intense for so many people. Um, and I think for me, I found how it was all handled to be actually really perfect. So Bowie. Because uh, so he was like, able to like release the last album without anybody knowing. People had the time to listen to it and review it and experience it for what it was, which was the next Bowie album, and love it. And then he's gone. So, you know, anytime that somebody passes with a piece of art, then it helps to like hold that piece of art and become something yeah. bigger. Right. Uh, but I feel like for Bowie, he somehow like masterminded this departure and giving us so one last gift that uh, stands on its own regardless of what happened. And that's just to think that he was as old as he was and that he had given us so much cre- creatively and could still put a piece out like that. Mm-hmm. Right after It's so birthday. inspiring. Like yeah. there, there will never be another. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, I, is there... Is there really, are there people that exist like that today? Like real legends like Prince and, and, and even George Michael. I mean, yeah. the guy, it's like you, I think about it. I'm like, what, Kanye West? I mean, really? Like that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, who do we have today that really, like there was so many people from that time. Right. That just like Rolling Stones and, and, and Bob Dylan. I mean, I just. I don't know. I I don't really know who we could say we have like today that would, that would go, that would really leave that mark, you know? And I don't know why that is, but it's interesting. And and I think, um, you know, even with Bowie, like the last with uh, black star, I I couldn't, I could not listen to it for a while until after he died. Cause I, I was like, this is finite. Like it was hard once he, this is it, you know, I, I literally had to, I mean, I still have trouble listening to it because it it reminds me of his death, you know, it's crazy. So, uh, so I had the October prior to like, he wrote the musical Lazarus, um, and did the music and stuff. And I bought tickets to see it in New York and it was the last week that it was playing. And, um, I hadn't had these tickets for like months. Um, and he died, I guess, on that Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And I went and saw the show on the Friday or the Saturday after. I mean, and that, like, week leading up to it, uh, so insanely emotional because I'd been looking forward to this for so long. Uh, and then seeing the play in person. And, I mean, of course, you, like, sit there and you know that he knew he was dying. And you want, you read into all these different things and... For if you're not familiar with the musical Lazarus, it, the premise is it's a sequel to The Man Who Fell to Earth, and uh-huh. Michael C. Hall plays the Bowie character, Thomas okay. Beckett, or whatever. Um, and 
the main character is basically like a hermit in his studio and is dealing with like his past success of being an alien on earth and his desire to go back home and his lack of ability to connect with others and things like that. Uh, and you know, it was, it was such an intense emotional experience to see it. Everyone in the theater was crying wow. like, the whole time. Um, I mean, nothing, you know, like it was so powerful and so good and just another fucking masterfully yeah. planned gift to us creatively that uh, I think it's now playing in the UK and I'm sure that they'll continue to iterate. If you ever get a Amazing. chance to see it, you should see it. But um, I got, it helped me get a lot of closure for her passing and then now yeah. it's like the positive remembrance. And also, I'm sure you experienced this yourself, like so many friends that knew that I was a Bowie person that loved Bowie were like, well, I love Bowie too, but I don't know much about his music. What should I listen to and stuff? And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously death is never um, a good thing, but how good for so many people that didn't know how important and influential he was to be given the reason Mm -hmm. to go back and look into that and, it's cool. I think that musically too, we'll see a lot of new artists like that. Hope so. Went through it, be experience, be influenced by it in the same way that yeah, you know, Kurt Cobain's so. passing did stuff and all that kind of stuff. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I went to see a. Um, there's a a fair. There's a theater on Fairfax in L. A. That did a whole tribute to Bowie after he died. Yeah. For did you go? I did. You heard no, about no, it? No, okay. I'm a little familiar. Yeah. Thing. So that that was incredible. There was a lot of things that I like footage of him on his tours and. Yeah. It's really cool, and then Cracked Actor, which I went back and watched, and yeah, 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 it was it was it was kind of a way to sort of like relearn things about him too, which yeah. was kind of awesome. There's, yeah, there's so much, so much, so yeah. much. Um, cool. Well, so we're gonna go to the next song, but I do want to admit that I kind of messed this whole flow up because that actually wasn't the first song you had picked. So <laughs> I apologize for that, but uh, I'm glad we got to go through it. Yeah. Um, but the next song we are. Um, gonna play and you mentioned it you called out to them so it was coming so it's a song from fish and it's called bouncing around in the room this one in particular is a live version from 1994 it's uh, actually bouncing around the room bounce around the room. bounce oh, bouncing okay, around the room it's okay <laughs> fish heads it's, it's, yeah it's okay <laughs> all right so here we go okay <laughs> Thank you. 
So that was Fish, which honestly, that's I never knew that they had a song that was shorter than 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Yeah. Four minute and eight second song <laughs> from Fish. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you picked that one. <laughs> Most time with them. So Bouncing Around the Room, mm-hmm. the live version, of course, which is always appropriate for a band like that because mm-hmm. that's what they're known for. Walk me through uh, why you picked this one. Okay. Um, so when I was, I actually was trying to do everything to avoid picking this song because <laughs> um, this, you know, Fish was, Fish and the Grateful Dead, like I said earlier, were, you know, a huge part of my life um, when I was, you know, anywhere from 13 to, really 13 to 15 were like the, the you know, crucial ages I guess around this style of music um but also they were pretty significant as far as the direction that my um I guess like music choices went and the the style you know um I, I feel like they I like I said I'm not a huge fan of them today and I really didn't want to pick this song but when I went through all the different songs that would have maybe been an option, I there was there were really none that evoked the same emotion that this one did, mm-hmm. um, and I was it was kind of between this and this album I picked because it was the album that I listened to. Um, I mean, I had heard a lot of their stuff, but this was the one that really sort of got me into them and then you know me or my best me yeah was it me my best friend and I and then one other one of our other friends all went to our first fish show together and this was sort of the album that got us into it and my best friend's older brother was actually he was 17 we were 14 and he was a huge hippie and got us into this um and um so it's just it really brought me back this song in particular to this time of my life um when I feel like I was really kind of coming into my own and uh you know about to start driving and I was spending a lot of time at my best friend's house in Los Feliz in LA and you know we were 14 we had just started smoking pot we tried mushrooms for the first time and her older brother was like the coolest guy because he was introducing us to kind of all of these new things you know including fish and and I had already gotten to the Grateful Dead but I was about 13 and this was right after uh Jerry died that I really got into them Jerry Garcia so um you know, I think, I mean, I'll just never forget. I mean, I listened to this song, and like I said, it's it's so interesting how I, I really can't stand them now. But it, it still evokes emotion, and it still makes me tear up a bit because it brings me right back to that concert that was in Ventura, Ventura County Fairgrounds, the fish show. We got a ride from my best friend's, what was she was, I guess, kind of like the housekeeper, but she took us out there, and it was us with all of these much older, you know, hippies. And it was so overwhelming and so much. And it was the first, you know, jam band live show that we'd really been to. I mean, I'd been to concerts, but this was a yeah. whole, whole other level. And I actually felt, we felt pretty, I know I felt pretty intimidated and disconnected because it was like this 
kind of, it was a little bit, yeah, it was very intimidating. It was like all these older people, but I do remember, I mean, I think the thing that stuck with me about them was that I knew then not only did I have a really intense emotional experience because of the mushrooms, but also I knew then I was like, this is, this is cool. Like this Mm -hmm. is for me, you know, this life I knew and, and music has been such a big part of my life. And, but I also knew then I was like, this is, I know I'm going to want to continue going to, to festivals. Um, and it, and it energy and, and I always have, I mean, I've been to, you know, Coachella 11 times. I go to Burning Man. I, um, you know, I've been to a ton of Hollywood bowl shows, but I've also been to festivals all over the world. And I honestly think like, and this show was the first kind of big sort of show like that, that. I went to, and so I think that's why, and I, and, you know, despite the fact that I don't love Fish today, they do have something in their music, they are great musicians, and there's something about that jam, sort of, you know, multiple layers of instruments, and kind of his voice, and the whole thing that, like, does bring up, and maybe it's just for me, because of what I experienced, but it's, it's a kind of emotional thing, it's like, same thing I get when I listen to Radiohead, or, you know, there's just, it's a lot of depth to it, and... That song is really fun. It's like a it's fun, fun song. It's fun, and it's fun, yeah. And, it's and cheeky, the, but like still Yeah, exactly, good. exactly. Yeah. And um, so, and, and that's the thing. I was sort of, do I do this or do I do You Enjoy Myself? Because that's the other song that's like a 20-minute song on. It's number five <laughs> on the, that album. And yeah. that one is really jammy, and it's, but it's, um, it's, it's almost a little bit less kind of, it's not as fun. It's more yeah. kind of out there and a little trippy, but... Um, but yeah, I just think that there was something about this that I was like, I knew I had to pick it because of just the emotion that it brought up for me. And it, I think it did steer me down a path of music culture and festivals and kind of, um, just getting really involved in that world. And even, even raves, like raves were that, I mean, they're not, you weren't really going to see a band, but you're going to see a DJ and you're going to be a part of sort of a musical experience and there's drugs involved in that world too. So it was sort of like, it led me down this path of like wanting to explore something, you know, a sort of higher consciousness or, and also another way to connect with people. Right. And to me that was drug and music culture, you know, and I, and I, and I had some of the best experiences of my life that I'll still always remember. And despite what they say about drugs, I'm sorry, I, I connected with people on a deep level, yeah. you know, through mm-hmm. different trips that I had and music that I listened right. to. And I'll never forget those times. And I think Fish was a, a introduction to that for me. So that's probably why I think they kind of opened me up to that emotionally, which is why when I listen to Bounce Around the Room, it it brings back all of it. It literally takes me back to that place to the point where I remember the way that my best friend's room smelled. I mean... You know, like sage and nog champa and patchouli oil from her brother's dreadlocks. Oh, yeah. So, um, and probably some BO in there too. Um, But yeah, so definitely not a part of my life anymore, but I have a lot of respect for the Grateful Dead and Fish because they really did open me up to a lot. And the Grateful Dead too, like I was so into them. Jimi Hendrix, I mean, I literally going through their albums to see if I, there was a song I wanted to pick of theirs. I was like, oh my gosh, I literally, they had so many albums and I pretty much knew them all and the songs too. Yeah. 
which is pretty crazy. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, that's and so I was like, I really was into them. And then I, you know, at a, at a young age, which is kind of cool, like at 14 to be that into a lot of classic mu- music like Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin. And uh, I was really into Jefferson Airplane. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I watched all those movies, uh, The Doors, and, and like... It's yeah, I, I was pretty ahead of the game as far as a fourteen year old, I think, for yeah. the music I was listening to. So yeah, that's why I picked this. Um with fish, like I mean, I've I've tried. I I saw a portion of their show at Bonnaroo years ago. Um and I think there was a mixture of one, I wasn't on drugs, uh, and two, uh it was like you know, one of those late night shows where I had been out all damn day and I was just not not ready for that. Uh, but you know, I know a lot of people, like I have a good friend, Al, who, um, he's from the UK mm-hmm. and he lives here now. Um, and he like had no exposure to fish or jam bands or anything like that. And then I think probably when, uh, if I remember correctly, when he was like 23, 24 or something, like a coworker took him to a fish show randomly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think like within the course of two months, he saw them like another like five or six times and now I think he's seen them like 40 times wow. or something like I mean, he totally became like the fish head uh and I mean you know as a, a person who's never really appreciate I, I respect the jam band scene but I never connected with it to see like somebody connect that way like I'm happy for him that he found that right. you, you talk about like how you know you, you're sorry but you're not sorry that like drugs opened you up to that but it's mm-hmm. like I mean, that people won't talk about drugs as being a gateway to worse drugs, but in more cases than not, I think, uh, or at least in this case for you, it ended up being like a gateway to this music, this community, this feeling that you could get out of that. Exactly. And this connection that you had with your exactly. brother, with your friends and things that no, exactly. you can look back on. And even though the music itself is less important it still right. was associated back to exactly that. no and it's it's interesting how they're you know people they'll say oh you know drugs kill your brain cells and you know you don't remember this and, you're, and I actually remember all those experiences way more than a lot of other things in my life which yeah. is interesting um and I even remember one night that I was with my friends at my house uh, my mom's house and we were probably in like ninth grade 10th grade maybe I think it was ninth grade, and um, I remember we ha- we had a night where we all took mushrooms, and it was like it was me and I think it was my first boyfriend, so I was fifteen, and all of his best friends who became my good friends, and it was such a fun night, and I remember we were going through, and this was the time I was kind of coming out of the fish grateful that, but I was still listening to them, and then sort of listening to like some hip hop, getting into that world. But I remember I, we were all sitting in my room. We were going through the, what were those big CD cases called? The like jewel kit or CD wallets or something. They like were that. yeah. Some it was it was some binders. I don't know. It was called like the. It was a specific brand that was really popular back when I was in high school. And um, so we were going through it, and I remember like we we were looking at each CD as we're tripping and being like, oh what. What, what dimension do we want to enter? <laughs> like, what world do we want to go into? You know, and, like, each CD would be popping out with, yeah. like, some sort... And literally, we would put on that album, and it would be, like, the room would become some sort of feeling, you yeah. know? Yeah. Which was so cool. So it was, like, literally, like, what dimension, what feeling... And it 
So that's kind of what I felt like when I put fish on again. It was like almost putting me back into this like dimension of that time period of my life. Um, it really, it's interesting how, and I, and it's funny that it was more than, I mean, probably any song I put on this one, it really brought me right there, which is yeah. interesting. It's like, why this why one? Why that particular one, yeah. Yeah, but I think it was just a really crucial time in my life. I was 14, like a big time for a, anybody, a teenager, but, uh, you know, I think what I was going through was sort of this, like, on the brink of full freedom, you know, about to drive, but also just kind of really kind of discovering myself and, and yeah, and music, which is a huge part of my life now. So. Yeah. Did, so earlier you had mentioned how, you know, your, um, your dad and his tides to music and stuff introduced you to a lot of things like Bowie and such, um, mm-hmm. early on. And then this is like a different phase of your life. So when you started to get into the jam fan scene and stuff, does your dad who has this background in it, does he, acknowledge appreciate the style of music did he dismiss it was he supportive of it was he kind of like this is weird uh did he care yeah he wasn't into it i mean he (laughs) definitely the hip the hippie kind of thing he was never he never went through that and Yeah. yeah not a style at all um and he kind of i mean you know he didn't it I'm still his daughter and, you know, love me no matter what, but it was kind of, um, yeah, it was definitely foreign for him. Yeah. I mean, even when I told him that this was the song I picked, I'm sure he was like, wait, what? Who's that? <laughs> I mean, I, I think he knows who yeah. Fisher, but you know, it's, it's not, yeah. it's a very, I've always, I mean, despite the fact that my dad was in rock and roll and he was a singer and he was in that world, he kind of was always 60 at the age of five. You know what I mean? He grew up. Yeah. He was always an old old man, so he right. never really was. I mean, just what he was in the rock and roll world, and he definitely dabbled in things and he had his fun. But you know, I really kind of went for it in like the music culture. He never liked crowds. He never liked being around. I mean, you would never catch him at like a show with people in yeah. in a jam band environment. No, yeah. it wasn't his thing. So in that sense, he he never really identified with it. He didn't yeah. put it down, but. You know, I think when I started going to raves, then he was like, okay, what's going on? Like, you're doing drugs. I know it. Um, you know, but then he's like, but then you have a 4.0, so I don't understand what's happening. Um, but, yeah, I think he he was always, you know, like I said, putting, he put on, I mean, when I think of him, he was playing Bowie, Billy Joel, Elton John, Rolling Stones, um, Beatles, you know, um, those were some of his favorites. You know, Van Morrison. Yeah. So that was kind of more... Do you think that a part of, like, you awakening into this totally different thing? Because, I, mean, I mean, it's obvious they're influenced by these people as well, but it's very different. Do you right. think a part of it was that you were taking your own path? I think so. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that was something that I've always um, tried to do because I, because my parents got divorced when I was nine, mm-hmm. and so I sort of... and you know, uh, it's to be totally honest, my mom was drinking and so she was going down that path and was kind of figuring out her own stuff. And my dad was out of the house. So it was, you know, I was, I spent a lot of time alone and I, and so I was, I learned to be very self-sufficient and independent, which was tough as a kid, but honestly is, it really helped me be a stronger person. Um, but because of that, I spent a lot of time 
by myself in my room exploring music, but also, you know, with my friends. And so I think because I didn't really have somebody like pushing me to be like, this is maybe like helping me discover myself. I was doing it on my own and I was doing it to the extreme. So I was really like, and I think that's why I went through so many different stages, phases, like every different, you know, genre of music because I was really trying to sort of like seek out like what, which one, which one's me, Yeah, you know? Um, which I think a lot of kids do to an extent, but I was like extreme with it. And I think, I think it was because I was really just, I think for the first time I, the reason I, which I just kind of realized just now I connected so much to fish made such a big impact on my life. And I connected so much to this song is cause it was kind of the first time where I felt connected to something, Yeah, you know, um, I felt connected to the culture. I felt connected to the music. I felt connected to my friends and like, uh, you know, it's such a community festival right. culture. So it's like, like a sense a, of identity for yourself that you could. Yeah, you could exactly. That with. I could kind of identify with. So yeah, I think it was the first thing where I was like, this is, yeah, I'm going for this, you know? And I always, I always did, really tried hard not to be my mom or my dad. Not that I didn't, you know, love them or have respect for them at times. I really was trying to be my own person. Yeah. Are you, so you have an older brother, you said? I have a younger, I have seven brothers and sisters. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So (laughs) there's eight of us, but there's a lot of halves in there. Yeah. Um, I have an older half sister and then my brother and I are full siblings, same parents, three years apart. And then, we both have, uh, let's see, I literally have to count five <laughs> younger brothers and sisters. So a 19-year-old sister and then four little ones So gotcha. on my dad's marriage now. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of us. Lots all of over the Christmas place. gifts. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Christmas is fun. Awesome. What made you ask that about Oh, I was just curious bit? because, yeah. I mean, you know, your earlier, it sounds like early phase of your life, music heavily influenced by your parents. Your right. dad specifically with his background in it, then you go through your parents' divorce. You go through finding your own identity, and at the time when there was no streaming services, and you had to go buy music, and you had your brother to help bring you into this world somewhat, and then others and things like that. It's always interesting to think that through and then I think about other people have come on and talked about oh my older brother passed this along oh you're thinking it was my best friend's older brother your best friend yeah he was yeah he was 17 we were 14 and he was the one that yeah he was kind of I mean he kind of was like an older brother because he was I was around him a lot so no yeah my little brother I was actually introducing things to but gotcha yeah yeah, Jesse my my best friend's older brother was the one that sort of introduced us to a lot although my older sister I have heard a thing for, you know, she's 11 years older, but she was so into George Michael because she grew up, you know, she was born in 70. So mm-hmm. she really experienced, was growing up with, you know, George Michael, Prince, George Michael and Prince were her top two. So this year or last year was hard for her as well. Um, but I think she actually had a big influence on me with, you know, yeah. music and that because of that, you know, that side of things that I, that I love because I, when I listen to some of their stuff, I think of her. So, yeah. It's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we go to the next one? The Should last I? one. Yeah. All right. So this last one is um, by another band that, that we've mentioned so far, but we'll close out with a Daft Punk song. Um, the song is called Veritas Quo. Mm-hmm. 
that was Veritas Quo from Daft Punk. And when we were going through the stuff, I asked you, how do you pronounce this? I want to make sure I got it right. Uh, so we looked it up and did the Siri translation. And I think Veritas Quo is what supposedly it is pronounced, but it's a play on the Latin phrase Quo Vadis, which means where are you going? But it really just means very disco, <laughs> which is basically this is the title track because the album is called Discovery, which if you flip that around is very disco, oh my which gosh. I never fucking realized. And when I read that, I was like, oh, well, of course, <laughs> what, this came always... in 2001 and all these years later, I finally figured out that what is it so meant. funny. <laughs> I mean, that's... That, like, it blew my mind when I read that. That's hilarious. I, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love them. Speaking <laughs> about reinventing yourself, you know, yeah. I mean, these guys, I think that's why... I mean, I love Bowie, but I think Daft Punk have, have got to be my favorite artist of all time, just in the sense that I love that they put... I mean, they. I don't. I compare them to Bowie a lot, although they're obviously very different. Yeah. But you know, they. I mean, Kraftwerk are amazing too, and Kraftwerk mm-hmm. influenced them a lot. Yeah. Um. When I saw Kraftwerk, I said, "Whoa!" Like a yeah. lot of people have taken after them. Like oh, yeah. everyone from Beck to Kanye to. Yeah. And um. And I almost lost a little respect for Daft Punk because I was like, "You guys kind of <laughs> copied them a <laughs> little took bit." The, but they took. The but um. I think the thing I love about them is that they always keep people guessing. Yeah. And they're not just, it's, you know, a lot of people now are like, oh, yeah, these guys, they did that song with Kanye. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, it's like, no, like they've been around for so long. And (laughs) I for for Halloween, I made the mask and everything and programmed a visor with LED. Amazing. And it was the year that the, Kanye video came out and like so many people stopped me like are you the the dude from the Kanye video exactly and that drives me yeah I love I love Kanye so I'm not (laughs) digging him on that but yeah it's just like how did you how did you miss the Stefan thing exactly that's how that's how I felt I felt like these guys have been huge for a long time but around the world exactly I mean I was listening around the world when I was 13 but I don't know it's yeah it's pretty funny to me so but it is what it is um you know, uh, but they just, I, yeah, I think I love the fact that they, they don't, they're not predictable and they'll never give you what you want. You know, yeah. that's, uh, and they're truly musical geniuses. So I think for me to pick a song, I was really leaning toward Digital Love because Digital Love is one of my favorite songs of mm-hmm. theirs. Um, and I do love, as far as an album goes, I love uh, the, Alive 2007, but I mean, I love them all, but 97 is great. But um, I think for me, this song, it was, it was sort of between this or something about us and just in digital love. And I couldn't, but there was something about this that again, like I said, with, with bouncing around the room brought me back to a time. Um, And I'd say that the, that daft is, most relevant to my life now. Um, they're, like I said, I mean, they they are my favorite artists of all time. I've followed them closely. I I mean, seeing them live, I didn't see them at the sports arena shows or Vegas or I was sort of sleeping on that because I wasn't so, as in, I was, right. it was kind of like what happened with me with Grateful Dead. Uh, you know, I kind of 
got into them full force right after Jerry died. Yeah. And same kind of thing happened with Daft Punk. I listened to them, but I wasn't on, I mean, I consider them spiritual for me at this point. Yeah. Uh, as far as like what they've done for me, um, emotionally and, and, and just seeing them live. I saw them at Coachella, uh, in 2006 and I mean, it was, I started sobbing. Like the experience was beyond and people around me, I mean, were, maybe it was just the drugs, but I think that, you know, people were having the same sort of cathartic experience watching them. And I think people look at them or think of them as just like these techno DJs. And there's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, They really are just the way that they operate their soundboard and their lights. I mean, I know that they have health and a lot of it is pre set up, but it's pretty amazing. And if you see their whole setup, it's pretty awesome. And the fact that they came out into this whole, you know, helmet disguise I also love that idea because I think it's so much deeper than people realize it's like the whole concept of especially these days with the celebrity DJs and Mm -hmm. it really takes away the whole celebrity side of of the industry and it makes it become much more about like these guys could be anybody it's about the music and it's kind of funny because I've heard that they've actually had other people jump in for them wearing the helmet and you wouldn't know (laughs) the difference which almost So I, I don't know. I just love the way that they sort of like fuck with people's heads and um, and they don't. There's so much thought put behind everything that they do. Um, so I think for me, just hearing this song again brings up it's evokes an emotional response and it takes me to a time in my 20s, my late 20s, so mid, mid to late 20s. I was like 26. So like 10 years ago, basically. Um, when I really, I'd sort of gotten into the house world in high, in high school mm-hmm. when I was going to raves, I was listening to a lot of drum and bass and, you know, drum and bass jungle and some house, but mainly drum and bass and jungle. I was really into that. And then, and, but I was hearing a lot of old DJs, Carl Cox and, um, a lot of classic DJs that have been around for a long time. And so I feel like when I started to sort of, I was listening, I started listening to Daft Punk as my kind of in not introduction, but yeah, I guess sort of introduction, even though I'd heard them before, but introduction back into like that world of house music, you know, like I said, I'd been through every other phase and the people that I was hanging out with at the time was like living in LA and going out a lot. And that was when electro became a very big thing out and about. And electro was sort of that, I don't know, Chromio is would, you know, uh, spank rock, these were artists that were big in the that sort of electro scene. Right. Um, you know, DJ AM, Steve Aoki. These were people that now, well, DJ AM, rest in peace, but Steve Aoki's massive. But back then, I mean, I was seeing him at like these little bars in LA. Um, and that was, so that was sort of like, I would go out and dance to this music all the time. And then the people I was hanging out with were really big into Daft Punk. And sort of like reignited my, right. I guess, interest in you them. You got back or, into them under different. Contexts yeah, exactly. And, and so it led me down this path that I'm still pretty much in, but not to the degree of really diving into the house music dance world. Um, and again, going you know to festivals, started dating somebody that is you know running the uh, Steve Aoki's label. So we were going to festivals all over the world and he introduced me to a whole nother side of like the deep house music, not, not like Steve's music, like 
really deep house more it's considered i guess the genres uk bass which i told you about yeah kind of a disclosure sound um it's it's two-step garage is what the genre you know and it has so i kind of got into that and and so daft punk really sort of sparked that for me again and because i had this like sort of spiritual especially seeing them i was just like whoa like these guys are ridiculous you know and just i mean and then i actually had a, a night actually the night that obama won and i just thought about this uh my friend and i were at this place cinespace in la and we you know it was obviously a big night we were really you know everyone was celebrating and how, how things change uh yeah <laughs> celebrating a president <laughs> anyways um we need to get into that now but uh uh you know, and and uh, we had heard that, uh, you know, Justice, Daft Punk, DJ AM, uh, who else? Um, the guys that sing. Oh my goodness, they had the one kind of one uh, electric feel and MGMT. MGMT. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were all gonna be at this sort of uh, VIP party, or they were all gonna be there playing like in the VIP room for like sort of a smaller party. Right. And I, my friend and I were so excited. Oh my gosh, like Daft Punk's going to be here playing basically for a small room of people. We're in, we waited all night. They didn't show up. So I went <laughs> home and then I get a text from my friend saying, Hey, you need to come back. They're here. And they're oh, no. <laughs> so basically I come back, I go back there. Don't know what they look like at this point, but obviously I could find some photos of them online somewhere. Right. So go back there and literally I go right up to Thomas Ben Galter mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and literally just start talking to him and Guy is sitting there next to him and I mean I was having a full conversation with Daft Punk and I was like, Holy That's awesome. shit, what's going on? Yeah. What'd you talk about? Um I just said what I mean, just stupid fan stuff. I yeah. basically was like, Ha, when are you guys going on tour next? I wanna come <laughs> see you. Just Stuff like, I yeah, don't even yeah. know. I was so starstruck. Nothing to be ashamed of. It, it, we probably all looked Yeah, exactly. I was probably beat red. Um, I, I mean, I don't get excited about many people, but they were one of them. And yeah. uh, and sure enough, yeah, I was talking to him for a while. He was super nice. And and we took a photo with him on a BlackBerry camera. I still have it. The worst quality photo <laughs> ever. And, um, and it was just like, yeah, it was just this like time period where, you know, it brought me back to just hanging out I mean it was a great time in my life in the sense that I was like young I was in my 20s it was tough but it was a really fun time just really a great time in LA um the music scene was great I mean again I could have be I always wonder if like was this just a great time or was it just because I was 26 and you know what I mean I was, yeah I wonder if the, like the kids today are having the same kind of time or if it was really just a great time yeah. so I don't know I mean I think it was probably a little bit of both but it was just really fun. I mean, we were, it was just a big group of us and we would go, you know, out and dance all night and listen to great music and then go back to my friend's house that I distinctly remember in Hollywood. We called it the crack shack because it was literally that like run, run down and God knows what was going in and out there. But it was really fun because we would, you know, a bunch of us would DJ. I occasionally spend, I learned to play to, to DJ in high school and then, yeah. you know, got on, um, I, I, I mess around still a little bit, but a lot of my friends were really into it and 
um, on the CDJs and stuff. And so uh, we would do that. And, you know, and even like a Steve Aoki was like a friend of ours. He would come and hang out. I mean, it was just it was that time where people were kind of like emerging as these artists that are actually huge now. Um, and so it was, it just kind of listening to them, especially this song brings me back to that time where I was sort of also getting to know myself as a 26 year old and really kind of getting back into the, the world of house music and, and just so much more. I mean, I feel like they just, yeah, just the, the music festival culture, but also just music as something deeper than just like wanting to hear a song because it sounds good you know that there's actually deeper meaning behind it and for these guys that on the surface just appear to be kind of electronic djs there's so much more than that that's why i i think i respect them so much you know yeah um and not everybody gets that so i mean i have a tattoo on my arm that's it's my most recent one and it's my favorite one and it's my love affair with daft punk and it's uh, you know a woman uh, with a helmet and oh, that's and awesome. then you know the other one with the yeah, helmet they're perfect. making yeah. out basically so it's it's really special to me I always wanted one but I didn't know what I wanted to get so it felt right I, I know I got exactly what I, I you know wanted and um, yeah so I, I think you know I just uh, I I mean I, I can't I knew that they were the first when I was thinking of songs I knew for sure one was going to be up there it's just yeah. because of how much they've impacted my life you know down to their their movies Interstellar 5555 I still haven't seen that it's, it's great it's, it's really great um, and just yeah I, I think just overall as, 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 as musicians are just I love the fact that they also are chameleons and they're always kind of reinventing themselves yeah. so uh, I was like reading the context for the Discovery record and talking about reinventing. Like I guess when Homework, the first album came uh-huh. out, they were really, um, you know, much longer songs, very kind of like house heavy sound influenced and, and things. And then this album was kind of their reaction to that of define the expectations and like shorter songs. And they were just like, we just want to make music that makes us feel like kids again when we just enjoyed music and didn't have to have an inherent meaning like the meaning develops with just the enjoyment of it right um and then obviously their latest record is totally different Mm -hmm. and much more composition based and collaborative and they pull in a lot of influences with Giorgio and all these guys which is exactly awesome um but really it'll be like we were talking earlier about um you know, the live experience and I've never gotten to see them live. I really hope I do. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'd be really curious to see what they would do with the new stuff. Yeah. And I think that I'm hesitant. Like I, there's a part of me that feels like it could never be as good as the pyramid tour. But at the yeah. same time, to your point, like they're constantly like, uh, doing what we yeah. don't expect and right. coming out better. Yeah. I've had, I've had mixed feelings on both. I mean, the thing that I, um, that I did, did love is that a lot of people that didn't like Random Access Memories, their latest album, I kind of feel like were the ones that jumped on the bandwagon later on yeah. because they, I think a lot of people wanted them to come out with an album like Homework, yeah. which was much more heavy techno sound. Yeah. And they didn't, and it was, like you said, much more sort of uh, symphonic or just yeah much more kind of like it reminded me of a movie score yeah um 
And I thought that that was so cool that they came out with something that, I mean, that's why I loved it because I was like, this is great. They're collaborate. They're doing something different than they've done. We don't, as much as we all love homework and, you know, discovery even, like, we don't need them to, We I, I wanted to see them do something different yeah. because that's what makes them genius at what they do. Right. And I thought that that was so cool the way they brought in other artists and it really, I mean, the whole album from start to finish was so well thought out. The way yeah. that it, it really was arranged, flow, like, it so flows nicely. so yeah. nicely. I love Julian Casablancas and I love... Um, uh, instant crush I mean that song is yeah, it's a great beautiful song. It's and a really good song. such a good song such a good song and um, actually and actually this the Veritas disco or Veritas has book, a similar has sound, a very similar which feel is, to I know it, yeah. right and like I, I can't I don't love lose yourself to dance or the ones the hits with Pharrell as much yeah. as I love and respect Pharrell I just yeah. didn't really didn't like what they did way. so much with him but yeah I mean Nile Rodgers and uh, and who else? I mean, all the people that they collaborated with. It's just... It, Chili Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I did love the fact that they switched it up there. And yeah, I actually, as much as the Pyramid Tour is just so epic, I wonder what direction they're going to go. And I, you know, I wouldn't... I'd heard some rumors about them, their next tour, which could supposedly be this year, because if you look at their albums, Alive 97, Alive 2007... I mean, or at least maybe they'll put out another album this year. I don't know. But there's a lot of things that they do that's, you know, there's a lot of speculation. They have more, like, speculations than anybody I know. And also more uh, rumors go around about them playing Coachella than anyone I know. Oh, I know. Every single year. (laughs) Yeah, every year. This is the year. Somebody, my friend, the source anonymous, says they're playing. It's so funny. I'm like, they, they just must be sitting there laughing. Oh, yeah. Were you at Coachella when they premiered yes, the music video I was <laughs> yes and I was literally like oh my god they're gonna it's be, happening. They're yeah, gonna be here. I thought for sure I and I was totally it's an epic troll my move, I think. Were, yeah it was which is one of the reasons I love them but um but I think that and this is what people had told me but I also actually agree is that their next tour will be with a live band and yeah. they'll do something that's I can definitely see full that. on more related, you know, similar to, or tie in their, their most recent album, yeah. because that's really what it was. I just don't see them doing something the same that yeah. they've done. Well, it's know? like you, it's hard to back up in history, but the pyramid tour. So the guys who designed the lighting for that, it, it was an Austin firm who's now gone bankrupt, oh, um, wow. but they went on to do like Kanye's tours and a few other, like big productions and you look at what they did with that and I might there might be people better educated that would be able to prove me wrong on this but pretty sure like that was like really the first of its kind on that scale with that much high use of like the LED screen mm-hmm. and the light and the like we've got a unique experience throughout the entire show that exactly. changes on a whim based on how it's performed um, that was so influential because now I mean you go to Sahara Tent at Coachella and whatever and like everybody has the equivalent of that and it's blown up 10,000 times more exactly. right but it will never be as good as the first time that Daft Punk did it exactly and no. so yeah you're right like they're not going to come back and do another because at this point like it's been improved up, it's been improved upon and you don't want to be yeah. compared to who you influenced there so they'll do something different right exactly there wouldn't be really something that would st- I mean not to say it wouldn't be amazing again but it wouldn't stand out it wouldn't be sort of like as revolutionary right. as it was and that's true it's like it really was 
ahead of its time because it's nobody was really doing. I mean, Massive Attack and Radiohead, they do great yeah, live, yeah, totally. live shows, but it's that what they were doing is very different and much more. It, I mean, everything, every little thing is so thought out with yeah. them, you know, even down to the pyramid and what that represents. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, I think for me, it's, it's, they just really kind of set my life into another direction and, and also my music choices and, you know, my, I guess, lifestyle. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that it, that they did because it really has welcomed in even more new music. And, you know, you hear in their sound so much, like so many other artists too. So it's sort of like opened my, I guess, you know, sparked interest or just kind of set me down other yeah, musical totally. paths, yeah, you, you know? Yeah, you play this game of like, what was this sample? What was that sample? Yeah, like, exactly. Oh, shit, now Rogers is a fucking boss. Yeah. Who also, you know, helped Bowie through the 80s. So it's all exactly. kind of circle. So. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's so true. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I hope that they come out with something soon and do a tour because we'll they're pretty awesome. We'll <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, that's kind of the the end of the songs. Anything else you want to add? You feel pretty good. Feel like no, we covered, I feel we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, really I feel like we did. And I, the only thing I wanted to say was I I thought it was um, after I, I picked these songs, I found it really interesting that um, I without even realizing it, I kind of picked uh, three different songs from kind of three different genres, and 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 not just like genre music, actual like large periods of my life so you know with uh, with Bowie he represents such a part of my childhood and also my dad and the music my dad played you know rock and roll but also pop but also you know 80s and and that to me is a big part of my life now I mean I, yeah. I just went and saw Hall and Oates I, Hall and Oates <laughs> nice. amazing yeah. I mean I you know uh, Michael McDonald the uh, side thing there you know the hollow notes album where they're wearing the androgynous makeup yes the name of it uh-huh same artist that came up with the ziggy star oh interesting that makes sense that makes sense um yeah it's cool so yeah i've just really but you've gone back to all these yes and i've been listening to like dire straits and all these people that uh, it yeah just kind of evoke that uh, you know susu studio and all these songs that i kind of I don't know, just remind me the 80s songs and that sort of style of music. And so to me, Bowie is, although he's his own thing, like kind of encompasses that part of my right. world. And then, yeah. you know, Fish and all that is was a huge part of my world then when I was kind of going through that hippie part of my life and listening to classic rock and that shaped me then. And then now, you know, Daft Punk, I mean, that sent me down another path so it's interesting because these are like large blocks of time in my life and they all represented a big period of my life so without even realizing it I didn't you know I almost did the karma chameleon thing but that would have been sort of tying in with my child and I it just didn't it was a song I love but it didn't bring up the same emotion that you know uh, some of the whatever it was I picked instead of fish or so anyways I found that kind of interesting you know because it really says a lot me as a person overall and being I'm 35 now like I could easily say each song represents like a you know a little more than a decade of my life so Yeah. yeah that's cool 
Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's become kind of a trend where people have just naturally fallen into this. They think they're different phases. And you asked earlier what my three would be, and everybody always asks that, and I still don't know, and I, I think about it a lot, but uh, I, I'm not on the hook for it yet. So one day. But uh, I think regardless, the process of thinking through and being reflective, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, of course, there's like nostalgia built into that inevitably. Nostalgia is not necessarily a bad thing, but you do end up doing that kind of psychoanalysis of yourself. Exactly. Without the fear of it because it's right. tied back to music, which is a happy thing. Exactly. And a good thing. So that's yeah. cool. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad that uh, it's a lot of fun. you brought some cool choices and that uh, we got to share our love of Bowie. Me too. <laughs> definitely. Summer. So good times. Well, awesome. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Until next time. Sounds good.